This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law and our guests, Patty Furr of the Executive Director of the Jackson Hines Library System and Ben Piazza, um, attorney in Jackson, a member of the Capital Area Bar Association. Hello, Professor Gershon. How are you today? Good morning, Liz. And I think it's a perfect time to have this show because... It was a librarian who defeated the uh, biggest winner in Jeopardy history. We were just, just we were just talking about that. Uh, Patty uh, has, uh, of course, admires librarians. Yes. <laughs> we're very proud. <laughs> well, we thought today we would talk about what an individual can do them for themselves in the legal sphere. Um, either for themselves or to prepare to meet with an attorney. And we are, because there are a lot of things that are available at uh, libraries. Patty, go ahead and just introduce yourself. And why did we bring you here onto the show? Hi, I'm Patty Furm, Executive Director of the Jackson Hines Library System. And my library system offers Westlaw in all 14 branch libraries, which I think is pretty unique in Mississippi. It's it's not just for our customers, but anyone can come and use our public access computers and search it. Okay, so that brings me to Professor Gershon. Um, my dad was a lawyer, and in the uh, he he'd been a lawyer for a long time, as had his uncle before him. So he had this huge back room where folks would come that had all these legal books. Uh, but that's not the case anymore, is that right, Professor Gershon? Liz, that's absolutely right. Um, in fact. That started to change really in the profession before it started to change in law schools, honestly. Uh, when I was the um, initial dean at the Charleston School of Law, we had to think about how to develop our library plan. We didn't have to buy any books because all the law firms and the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals donated their books to us because they were already moving uh, mostly electronic. Uh, the American Bar Association was a little more reluctant, so law schools still had to think about how many volumes they had, how many uh, uh, titles they had, how much space they had in their library. But now we know uh, libraries really are infinite space because of uh, digital media. So it's really changed a lot. Westlaw really ultimately is a searchable database, and it's a proprietary searchable database. So as Patty pointed out, typically if, I, if a law firm is going to have to subscribe to it, and there are different levels of subscription, so by providing public access through a license, uh, that is a big service to people in your community. And Ben, uh, Ben Piazza, who's a, an attorney here in Jackson, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how I found you to bring you on the show. <laughs> well, amongst my uh, the duties that I do uh, ancillary, I'm the chairman of the Capillary Bar Association's Law Library Committee. And it's an active committee because 
not only do we fund the Jackson Hines Library to do what Patty just said, to provide the uh, Westlaw and all of those branches, we also fund law, law libraries within the uh, courthouses. And just like Dean Gershon is, uh, excuse me, Professor Gershon is saying, we're going away from books because nowadays the Internet has given you access so much easier, and you don't have to store all those books. But in addition to the law libraries, we also support the state library. It also has Westlaw available. Now, we have Westlaw available for attorneys basically at the state law library and at the courthouses. But what Patty does through the uh, Jackson Hines Library is makes it available to the public, and we think that's, that's just great. And uh, the capillary bar has strongly supported that, and I believe will continue to do so. Fantastic. Well, we have a call uh, waiting for us. Let's go to Steve uh, calling in from Memphis. Thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Okay. Thanks for having me. This is kind of a uh, three-state question. Um, We live in Tennessee, and you're from Mississippi, but my wife um, has been paying taxes on a piece of property in Missouri that her father bought uh, well, you know, many, 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 many years ago. We've been paying taxes for it. It's just a little piece of property that's, you know, one of those uh, supposed to be a hunting lodge sort of thing. And he just, he passed away. No will. His wife passed away. No will. Despite our admonitions. So now there's this piece of property that only has his name on it. And my wife has been paying taxes on it all this time. And we're ready to either get ownership of it or um, or just let it go for taxes because it's not worth more than a couple thousand dollars. So two questions. First of all, uh, are is an affidavit, which I think I would have to get from every living relatives and every living relatives' uh, children, are affidavits common or standardized from across states? An affidavit that says, I relinquish rights to this property. Is, is that a common thing across states, or does every state have a unique form for an affidavit? So that, that's the first question, and I'll let you all handle that one first. Professor Gershon, can you chime in on that? Well, I think you'd have to have someone who is uh, comfortable with Missouri law to help you with this, because it is property in Missouri, and it would be a Missouri legal question. Uh, you know, you could you could just abandon the property. That's one thing you could do. But I, I think this just, again, shows the importance of estate planning and why it's important to have a will and why, you know, a lawyer on the front end probably could have saved all of this trouble at the, at the back end. I wish we could give you more help, but there, no. there are just too many no. facts there, and we can't give a specific advice, especially not on a Missouri question. Okay. Well, th- then let me ask the, the second question, too. To just abandon the property and let it go, um, is there any potential risk for us to just say, okay, you know, we'll let them know we're just going to stop paying taxes and eventually it would return? Is there any legal risk to us as the people who have been paying taxes all this time to just quit? Again, I would I would consult with somebody in Missouri about that because it really well, it, it depends. Uh, the question depends. I, I don't know all the facts. I don't know what this property is, how it's titled, uh, who the other heirs might be. 
Uh, so there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of other errors, and that's why we think it's it's just too daunting to try to get affidavits from every child, from every child and every grandchild. And, okay, but yeah. you're saying that you're saying that the tax release laws are different state to state. So you can't. So you wouldn't know any potential penalty to us for just letting it go. Uh, a piece of property in Missouri. I, I would at least talk to an attorney who does real estate in Missouri. Well, okay, all right. We we've, we've tried that. They all say it's, it's it's just not worth their time because it's so undervalued. Okay. Well. Thank you very much, and appreciate you being here to uh, answer questions. Thanks, Steve. I wish we Steve. could give you specific <laughs> advice, but we really can't. Sorry about that, Steve, but we're glad you called in. Uh, if anyone else is listening and would like to call in and has a question about what's available for Mississippi citizens to do on their own uh, concerning legal research or what, how do, can they get access to forms, that's what we're talking about, um, legal access maybe through libraries for individuals to uh, help themselves. Our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email. Our address is legal terms at mpbonline.org. Um, uh, Professor Gershon, what are some legal resources online? Miss um, uh, Fur mentioned Westlaw was available at. Uh, the Jackson Hines libraries, what are some other types of things someone might find? Well, first of all, there are different companies that have their own searchable databases. So, for example, uh, Lexis uh, also does a similar type of database. Uh, Bloomberg has gotten into the field, so it's a lot more companies have gotten involved. Um, but generally what they're going to have uh, available will be statutes uh, from each state, uh, cases, and also uh, secondary sources like treatises um, and also law review articles, things like that. Now, some of them will also allow you to access uh, legal case filings and forms and uh, things that will help you uh, in terms of you know, filling out a form, that kind of thing. It just really depends on the license you have with each of those companies. All right. Well, we'll get into this more as the show goes on. We're going to talk about what's available at Mississippi Libraries and what you need to know because the librarians are not lawyers. They've already got their superhero cape for librarians. They're not lawyers. But if you have a question about what you can do yourself concerning legal legal matters, we'd love for you to call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll find out what's going on at the Mississippi Library Commission when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. 
Welcome back to In Legal Terms. We realize not everyone has a chance to listen to our whole show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash inlegalterms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows, usually by the, the late afternoon of the time that they air. I'm Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law with our guests, Patty Furr, from the executive director from the Jackson Hines Library System, and Ben Piazza with the Capital Area Bar Association. We mentioned uh, we're talking about libraries and what you can do at them. Uh, the Mississippi Library Commission contacted me, and they wanted to remind uh, peop- our patrons that they can't provide li- legal advice, but they can look up specific statutes and court cases for patrons. They also have a subscription to a legal forms database that has Mississippi-specific forms on a variety of topics, uh, from name changes to divorce to simple wills. They also have a rotary, notary on staff and can direct patrons to the appropriate circuit or chancery court in order to find out more information about filing the forms themselves. So we're talking about the opportunity for legal research by the public at our public universities. Um, so, Ben, tell us more about what, what is Westlaw. What, what could a person do on that? Well, Westlaw is one of many different uh, bases of knowledge dealing with the law. And um, it, it, it basically allows a lawyer or an individual to determine what is the law of a particular case. And they can do it by looking at the statutes, looking at uh, individual cases dealing with that same matter, uh, Westlaw has something called the key system, which directs you in the area you're looking for, which is very helpful, why a lot of people like that or grew up with it. Um, and it's just one, though. Lexus, as uh, Professor Gershon mentioned, uh, is another one. And if you're a lawyer in Mississippi, the state bar has uh, contracted with something called Fast Case. And it's just another uh, version of a system that uh, has these documents online. It's probably uh, not as elaborate. It's not as elaborate as Westlaw or Lexis, but it's a basic research tool, again, if you're a lawyer, without a problem. What we have at what Patty has at the Jackson Hines Library at all of its branches is a Westlaw which is made, um, I won't say it's simplified, but it's made to be easier to learn and interpret from the public. You don't have to be a lawyer to use it. It's somewhat different from the Westlaw that a lawyer would have in their office. But it's uh, it's an amazing tool, and it also has, I'm pretty sure, forms, Mississippi forms, which can be very helpful. So, Patty, uh, I live in Hines County. Uh, I love, oh, I love my library. Uh, if I walk into my library and I walk in the door, uh, now what? I walk up to a librarian and say, I- I'd like 
to do legal research. What happens then? Well, if you have our library card, you can go ahead and sit down at any computer, and we can get you started. We won't sit down and search for you, but we certainly can get you started. We also, if you are not uh, one of our patrons, we can give you a guest pass, and that entitles you to use our computer system as well. Uh, Librarians don't give legal advice. Uh, We're not attorneys, but we are pretty good at searching things, so we can usually get people started on the search, and all of our branch managers have been trained on Westlaw, so they know how the system works, and they can usually assist people pretty well to get started. What What is get started? What does that mean? Well, I think that you would start by just looking up by subject what you want, and it does have a key site system that will take you, say you hit a case and you don't know if it's the most current, you can use Keysight that will enable you to see what the most recent cases are. Okay. Well, Ben, um, why would I walk into a library to look at this software? What could it do for me? What what would I? What are some common things people look up? What, why am I going there? Well, the problem is lack of knowledge, and I, I hate to admit it, but most people do not cannot afford or don't believe that they can afford to go into a lawyer's office, and frankly, it can be very expensive. So the basic knowledge: Do I have an issue that the law can solve? It would be very helpful if you can get an idea of that by utilizing uh, Westlaw in the library. Oh, okay. So you could you could look up property disputes. You, you could, and, and there are cases in Mississippi that, uh, for instance, the person uh, to call in was talking about airship property, and it's quite common in Mississippi where people pass away without a will, and then there's their children pass away without a will, and you have 20 or 30 people who own the property. Well, how is that taken care of? And there are court cases dealing with that, so that's, that's one thing you could find out. So, Professor Gershon, uh, do a lot of these... If we were to go into a library, would they only have the Mississippi information? If, uh, uh, what is it, Steve from Tennessee um, went into a Westlock, would he have access to at least look up Missouri information? He would, Liz. And in fact, truthfully, he could probably find statutes even now on Google. Uh, you know, I show my students lots of different ways they can access that information freely even, uh, and, you know, just he could look that up himself and see what the uh, Mississippi, I mean, the Missouri abandoned property law was and what the time frame is and what that would mean, you know, what possible liability. He could probably search that on a search engine like Westlaw. And we do want to remind our listeners, uh, you know, if you're doing it yourself, you may not have the experience. You definitely don't have the experience of a, of a lawyer who has been trained and tested on that training. So we're not doing. We're not suggesting this can replace an attorney, but this can help you prepare for uh, maybe meeting with an attorney or or doing some things on your own. We have a call. Let's go to Faith in Pascagoula. Faith, thank you so much for calling in today for In Legal Terms. Go ahead. 
Hi, um, my name is Faith Garbin, and I'm the manager of the Jackson County Public Law Library here on the Gulf Coast. I'm located in the Pascagoula Public Library. I'm part of the Jackson George Regional Library System. So this is a service that the system offers to the general public and, of course, to the legal community. And I just wanted to uh, let people know, first of all, that I exist and where I'm located, and that we also have Westlaw online, and it is available to the public free of charge. We only charge for printing, 25 cents a page if they need to print something. And we think this is a great resource for the public. Uh, We have a lot of pro se litigants who come in, and mostly they're looking for forms. And I also uh, try to tell them about other possible resources. There are free legal forms, for example, on the Mississippi Access to Justice Commission's website. I am on that commission. We're working really hard to try to provide access to justice for uh, those who cannot afford an attorney. So, Faith, individuals who are on the Gulf Coast, um, do they need to be residents of Jackson or George County? Or, you know, if a Hancock County person snuck in, could they use the software? They certainly may. When they come in, I don't ask them where they're from or whatnot. We do... um, ask that they have a library card with our system, and I believe they give guest passes as well. And in terms of attorneys, the attorneys, they can get a card from me that allows them 24-7 access to the law library, and that's a great service. And the attorneys have to be practicing in Jackson or George counties in order to get that card. But the general public, they're welcome to come in here and use the computers. I also have print materials. I still keep a lot of my print materials updated. I still have people who want that, even though we are going more towards the databases. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Faith. We appreciate you calling in to let all of our Coast listeners uh, know what's available uh, in uh, Pascagoula at the uh, Jackson George County Law Library. Thank you. All right. Uh, If you have a question or you would like to call in to uh, learn more about law libraries in Mississippi, or if you are a librarian, we would love for you to call in and tell us what's available in your area. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Go ahead, Ben. I wanted to point out that um, the Jackson George Library, just as the Hines County Law Library and several others in the state, are basically funded by the boards of supervisors of those counties. There's a specific state statute. Uh, it's 97. It's 19731. But basically, what it authorizes the board of supervisors to do a fee add-on. So when someone files a lawsuit in that county, a portion. Uh, a dollar or a dollar fifty goes into a fund.
fund, which basically funds the county law library system. That's the funding that provides uh, to Patty for the Jackson Hines, and I'm sure it's for the Jackson George Library. I know DeSoto County has a wonderful library just like that, um, using, utilizing the state funds. So I just wanted to make it clear that the uh, ca capillary bar recommends uh, how to utilize the funds, but the funds come from the Board of Supervisors, and we thank Hines County Board of Supervisors for ours. Fantastic. Well, now let's go to William in DeSoto County from the the coast to, to the top of the state. William, thanks for calling in to in legal terms today. You're on the air. Uh, good morning. This is William Ballard. Uh, I'm calling from the DeSoto County Law Library. Well, we're so glad that you're there. Tell us a little bit about the uh, Soto County's Law Library, uh, what patrons can expect uh, when they go there. Well, one advantage I think we have here is we have a, a, a staff that includes a law librarian who is a, an attorney. And uh, up until about eight years ago, that was not the case. Now I have regular hours where I'm here from noon until 5 o'clock, four days a week, and uh, I'm able to assist people in doing research. Uh, people who are not really computer savvy uh, really are at a loss trying to navigate something like Casemaker, which we have. And uh, I'm able to assist them in helping them refine their search and what they're looking for. Fantastic. We're, we're so glad uh, that you're available and you have uh, a staff there. Is that well, I'm, I'm basically the law librarian, <laughs> but, but the, uh, the staff here, too, is also familiar with our website. And uh, we do use case maker. I'm I'm always interested in hearing someone else discuss forms because that is probably the most uh, requested assistance that that I'm asked for here. Uh, many people have the impression that if they come to the law library. Uh, I can reach in a drawer and pull out a form, and all they have to do is fill in the blanks. And um, we try to help them as much as we can, but that's very often not the case. William, what kind of forms have patrons uh, requested assistance with that I, you can recall off the top of your head? Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to search for to give that information. Uh, many people come in. Uh, with a, a lawsuit that they want to file. And uh, drafting a complaint is very complicated uh, matter to do for someone who is a layman. Uh, they don't understand how to navigate the system after they file a complaint, what additional work is required to get a, a case heard. And... Uh, it's just uh, a matter of trying to talk people through and and give them a general uh, guide on what's required of them. And uh, it, it can be a, a, a fairly lengthy conference in trying to make people feel comfortable with what's expected of them and at the same time uh, try to assist them in doing it. 
but I too am limited on not being able to give legal advice, and that is very often a, a fine line because you want to tell people things that uh, are in the nature of legal advice, but I'm just restricted in not being able to do that. William, what have you found has been, uh, I guess, the the most successful or the most the easiest thing uh, a, a citizen has walked in and uh, to the law library, and it's it was you know that was that was easy. You could push the easy button for that. Well, one thing that I, I recommend to anybody that comes to the law library is that they have a living will, that they have a power of attorney, and they have a will. Uh, I think everybody should have those three documents. And uh, we do have some Mississippi practice uh, sets here that assist them in doing that. I don't have a form for it. They can make a copy of it and then prepare that document. But... uh, those are three instruments I, I recommend everyone should have. Fantastic. William, thank you so much. We appreciate you calling in from the DeSoto County Law Library. Well, I've enjoyed listening to you this morning. I've listened to your program many, many times, and I always enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, if you have a question and you would like to call in, we're going to take our uh, next break. But we are speaking with Patty Furr from the Jackson Hines Library System and Ben Piazza, an attorney uh, who's a member of the Capital Area Bar Association. We're talking about what can you do for yourself at your local library or at your local law library. We would love for you to give us a call. Professor Gershon is here also. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We can take your questions. You could also email us. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. I've heard from the Harrison County Law Library, so we'll hear what they have to say when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now we uh, know that not everybody can listen to our whole show, so we hope that you will find our podcast. There are many different podcasting platforms. I use Podcast Addict. There's Stitcher. I think Spotify is in the podcasting business now, too. You download it to your phone. On mine, I touch a plus, and that takes me to a page to search. You could browse or search, and if you want to search for us, you just type in in legal terms, uh, and we're, we should be the only in legal terms out there. We, we, we look for that before. Before we uh, make a name and then you touch a photo and then you can subscribe that way you're notified when our new episodes are loaded up this morning we're talking with patty fur executive director of the jackson hines library association system and with ben piazza with the capital area bar association we're talking about uh, what can you do uh, at a library um, how can you do some legal research on your own 
And uh, one of the things we were mentioning, we just heard from the uh, uh, Jackson County, Jackson George County Law Library. And we heard from the DeSoto County Law Librarian. We got an email from Stephen Johnson, the Harrison County Law Library Director. And he said he's pleased to let us know that the Harrison County Law Library offers Westlaw patron access to members of the public in both the First Judicial District Courthouse of Harrison County in Gulfport and in the Second Judicial District Courthouse in Biloxi. So uh, law libraries are in lots of counties. Ben mentioned how that uh, the Board of Supervisors uh, provides funds for law libraries. So uh, check out in your county to find out where it is. We've got a call. Let's go to Marsha in Jackson. Marsha, we're glad you've called in to in legal terms today. You're on the air. Go ahead. Great. Thank you. Um, I think one of the questions has been answered. I'm assuming you've got power of attorney and medical power of attorney and living will forms at the library. Is that correct? Should be available through Westlaw. Right. Now, my other question is the folks that I want to turn into my medical, you know, power of attorney and my lawyer, my legal power of attorney, both live out of state. But they both have connections in state, especially the lawyer. Is that going to be a problem? for me legally or, you know, if something were to come up. Well, this has been, Piazza, I I really don't know from the facts that you've given what the answer Uh to that would be. Uh, A power of attorney generally in one state is good in another, but each state has different statutory requirements. Same thing for living wills and things like that. So I would have to check or suggest you check with an attorney where you're located. So if you're in Mississippi, you really want to be using a Mississippi power of attorney and a living will from Mississippi. Right. I was just wondering, it's my nephew, and he's a lawyer. He lives in Washington, D.C., and that's why I've got him the legal power of attorney. I figure he can consult with folks down here if he has to. Um, and my the other one is a nurse. My niece is a nurse. That, that, that was the question. That, that was what I was wondering. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and get, what, an estate lawyer, somebody like that? Certainly, that would be the right direction to go. Okay, good deal. Thank you. Thank you, Marsha. We appreciate you calling in. We're talking today about uh, how you could do your own research, uh, legal research at at a legal library. Patty, tell us um, uh, some things that uh, when people walk into uh, the Eudora Welty Library or one of the other libraries, uh, how are some ways they can get uh, legal help while they're there? Well, we do have 44 seats at the Wealthy Libraries, and we have very fast Internet service at all our libraries, and all of our folks are trained in Westlaw. Um, We can help them get to the forms and help them print them out, whatever they want to do. But again, we're not lawyers, so we really can't sit down and search and give them a lot of help in interpreting what they're seeing. But you mentioned some, uh, and during the break, you mentioned that sometimes lawyers 
visitors come to the library? Yes, usually in the fall, the Capital Area Bar Association has lawyers that come, and they're at Welty Library on a certain day, and you can get on the list, and they will actually talk to you, and uh, many of them do take the case and try to pursue it for the person. So it's a wonderful service. So I, I just encourage everybody to make sure you have a, a, a library card because there's such a wealth of things. Saturday morning movies, you could rent yes. movies. Uh, you never know what's going to, it's the snake man. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to show up at the library. And if you are involved, how are ways people can find out what's going on at the, the Jackson Hines Library? Certainly you can go to our website, which is jhlibrary.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an email newsletter that you can get. And uh, certainly uh, any anybody can can use the library even if they're not at the library. We now have ebooks and digital magazines and a lot of online sources that people can use. Uh, a lot of databases and all you can use uh, sitting in your bunny slippers at home. So And um, you know, social media often will mention, you know, what's going on with the summer reading programs or who's going to be where at uh, your local libraries. Certainly. You can follow our Facebook page and our Twitter feeds it's uh, most of it's available on our website as well. Um, uh, ben Piazza and uh, Professor Gershon, uh, as the lawyers, what are things people need to beware of if they're going to go delve into this legal research area themselves? What what do they need to be careful about? What are the pitfalls? Well, let's, I'll start, um, if that's all right with Ben. I think one one pitfall is that you're not trained. I mean, lawyers go through three years of law school. They have to pass the bar. Uh, they learn from practice as well. And, you know, you, it's almost a little bit like showing somebody a board game board and, and without it, them knowing any of the rules. And you really just don't even know where to start a lot of times when you, when you do the research. And you could get information, maybe a case... Uh, that supports what your position, but you have to know whether that case has been overruled. You have to know uh, whether maybe there's a statute that uh, offsets that case and, and overrides that case. So there are a lot of different uh, steps that a lawyer would understand to take that uh, the average person just getting into the data um, and, and doing research would not know. Well, I certainly agree, uh, Professor Gershon, because the basic knowledge that a person can get can put them in the right direction, but it's not going to necessarily have the final answer. So hopefully it will give them the information they need to pursue it further, either through an attorney or through pro bono assistance or legal services assistance, because, uh, you know, there are very many different uh, <laughs> ways that people can interpret the law, and uh, that's why we have lawsuits. That's right. Okay, well, we're going to take our last break of the show. We would love for you to call in with questions about what can you do yourself, what is available at uh, libraries, what can these online uh, legal databases provide you. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We've uh, got a little bit of information from another library system, the Starkville 
Ictapa. I always say that wrong. How do you pronounce the county that the star falls in? Ictibaha. Ictibaha. There you go. This is In Legal Terms on MPV Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for being a part of In Legal Terms. But if you've missed any of this program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows, or you could listen to it as a podcast. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Also, a lot of this information we'll have online. We'll have it uh, uh, where you can find it on on our podcasts, a lot of the information, because we've already spoken with uh, uh, the law librarian at the Jackson County, Jackson George County Law Library, with the DeSoto County Law Library. We've talked a little bit about the Harrison County Law Library and the uh, Starkville Ectipaha County Public Library System. They have uh, numerous law titles, such as Mississippi Code, Southern Register, Southern Digest, General Laws of Mississippi, U.S. Supreme Court Reporter, American Law Reports, Personal Injury, Federal Rules Digest, West's Annotated Mississippi Code, Wharton's Criminal Law, Wharton Criminal Law Evidence, uh, and oh, that just it just goes on and on. Uh, the books are available for use in the library and cannot be checked out, but they also have two computers located in the law br- library that are linked to the Westlaw database in library use only but the library is not a legal aid office and does not provide legal assistance that's what patty let's say that one more time yes (laughs) librarians are not lawyers (laughs) and we're not really qualified to give you advice on a case we can point you in the right direction and we have an excellent database which will help you find cases and hopefully help you find updated information about those cases but we're not qualified to give you advice right may win jeopardy and that's uh, Patty Furr, who's the executive director at the Jackson Hines County Law Library. Uh, Patty, when you have seen or you, other librarians have reported to you, who are the better candidates for using the software? Well, I think somebody who already knows how to use a computer, certainly that gives you a real advantage. Uh, I think also uh, if you have an idea of the area of law you're interested in, so you know specifically what you're looking for, I think that's a real help, too. So if you're timid about using computers at all, this probably isn't the the, the avenue for you. Is that right, Ben? I, I think that's true. But more and more folks, I mean, with Google yes. and all of our opportunities on the Internet, it, it's amazing what the resources that are now available. But this, you can get the start in just Google or whatever, but being able to use the Westlaw Public Access just really makes you able to 
narrow in on what your topic is. Let me mention, if you don't know how to use a computer, we have free computer lessons at Eudora Welty Library. We teach basic searching, keyboarding, uh, Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint. So, you know, just because you've never used a computer doesn't mean that you can't start now. And we'd love to introduce you to that. In fact, we bought our house because of the proximity to the library. (laughs) And then they moved it. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) We miss you, Colonial Mart Library, but we love Willie Morris. (laughs) Professor Gershon, you mentioned earlier uh, things about statutes and cases and secondary sources. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that jargon and, and what does that mean? Well, Liz, the statutes are the ones that are created by the legislature. And so they um, are the law. The cases actually interpret uh, the statutes a lot of times and will decide whether a statute is constitutional or not. Uh, We'll also interpret meanings of words in the statutes because they're very specific uh, what those words mean. And then uh, there are treatises that can help you understand the law and also secondary sources, which are things like law review articles that people like me and my, my colleagues write. Uh, to try to explain the law or to propose uh, changes to the law. And all of that's available. And I think one thing that we haven't really talked about, we talked about people going in to to deal with their specific issues, but one thing, uh, all the digital technology really does democratize uh, legal information and information generally because it's available to everyone. And so when you hear about a case like Roe versus Wade, and it, it, you know it, you can read it for yourself rather than having someone else in, interpret you know what you should think about it one way or the other. Uh, that case is available on Westlaw, and people can read it for themselves or any case or statutes as well. So uh, you know, form your own opinion. I, I believe in uh, critical thinking. Ben, we've just got a few minutes left. Uh, give us uh, three minutes. What what uh, What is your take on this show? What do you want to make sure people leave with? Well, I think it is just great that there is so much public access that I really wasn't aware of beyond Hines County, what others were doing. Uh, the boards of supervisors in each of these counties are basically funding these services. And it's it, it's a great benefit, and it's an extra benefit to their to the public that probably most people don't have any idea about. So it, it's great. We're right now in the process of renewing our recommendation to the Board of Supervisors to continue the contract with the Jackson Hines Library and also with the State Library, which we also have a similar system with. And we do other things in the courthouses that are more aimed at the lawyers but this allows anybody in Hines County, or as Patty has said, from anywhere, come in and utilize this service, which is great. Patty, we uh, have uh, you know a couple minutes. Is there what would you like to leave people with? Well, I do think you have to thank your local board of supervisors. This is a wonderful service that they're providing. We can never afford this without that money. But visit your local library. You might be surprised at a lot of the things you find there, both that are there physically in the library and that are there virtually for you. You don't have to go to the library anymore to use the library. Uh, I, I get all my Kindle things, and I do digital downloads. And you know what I like? I like is that sometimes you can still find a cassette or CDs, and sometimes those are helpful at the library. We still have CD books. Right. So, Professor Gershon, you get the, the last word. Uh, we've got to, to three minutes left. What, what would you like to leave our listeners with about 
what the the usefulness of the libraries concerning legal research and what's available to them. Well, again, now you know the library is available to you in a lot of different formats and a lot of different ways. And an educated public is really important to the continuance of our democracy. And so I encourage people to take the time, use the library, use these resources, and learn things for yourself. And what uh, the, the what is the do you have a law library at the, the university or is it just any computer terminal now? Well, you know, our students hardly spend time in our library other than to work together collaboratively or to study quietly. Uh, the resources are available everywhere in our, our building, everywhere, really through campus and even off campus for them. Uh, uh, the university library does have Westlaw. And so does the law school law library, although ours is under a license, so you'd have to be here to use it uh, if you're not a student. Ben, one thing I was curious about, uh, you're with the Capital Area Bar Association. Educate us a little bit. How is that different from a Magnolia Bar Association, Mississippi Bar Association, blah, 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 well, blah? Well, of course, the Mississippi Bar, every member of the, of the law, every lawyer in Mississippi has to be a member of the Mississippi Bar Association. The Capital Area Bar is a voluntary bar. It's basically the metropolitan area of Jackson, Jackson Hines, uh, Rankin. Uh, there, there are other local bars in practically every county in the state. But the statute that authorizes the law library system specifically addresses the, that the local bar can make recommendations to the boards of supervisors. And that's why CABA has been involved in this process for so many years. So it's, it's not just CABA doing it. It's the board of supervisors based on these recommendations. And it's a long-time, long-standing relationship that we uh, want to continue for many more years. And remind us again, uh, 30, 45 seconds left, what are some forms that maybe a person could access and fill out themselves, either for themselves or to take to a, an attorney? Well, there, there are a number of forms online. Uh, as I think Mr. Ballard from DeSoto County mentioned, some of the most important things that they can find here are directions for doing wills, powers of attorney, living wills, health care powers of attorney. And basically, it, I'm reluctant to have someone do that without an attorney reviewing it. But there are a lot of people that simply can't afford that, and they can get that and make them avail themselves of that through this system. Well, and even if you created the forms at the library, then you could have them to take them to a lawyer, and maybe that would cut down on the billable hours a little bit. <laughs> I would think so. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so good. Thank you, Patty Furr, Executive Director of the Jackson Hines Library library system and Ben Piazza, an attorney here with the Capital Area Bar Association. That's going to wrap us up for today on In Legal Terms. Our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo and Jay White has been here helping us out. So for Professor Richard Gershon at the University of Mississippi School of Law uh, and CJ who helps him out up in Oxford, we hope you'll join us next week uh, at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms. Next is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. This 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 